morning. Good to see everybody. I was holding babies. <laughs> Funny enough. How are you guys doing? Good to see everybody. You know that you're in a slightly younger church whenever I can make it the whole morning wearing a shirt with holes, a jacket with holes, and a jean with holes, and I didn't have one person ask if they needed to take up an offering. I think that is a first. Like, I am very used to someone coming up and asking if I need a love offering. And I try to tell them, um, Jesus told me to be holy as he is holy, and I'm just trying to walk in his will and in his goodness, so I will then be holy as he is holy. You guys should, should try it. I'm, I'll take it literal. Um, it's good to see everybody this week. Hope everybody had a good week. I was listening to Ali share that verse about entering his thanks, entering his gates with thanksgiving. And we hadn't really talked about it, but that has been something that has really been on my heart this week, really been on my heart just about thanksgiving. And I know it's not Thanksgiving week, but I guess we can be thankful even though <laughs> even though it's not Thanksgiving. Maybe it's a whole year type of thing. I don't know. But it has just been on my heart constantly this week. I've been praying about it. I've been reading about it. And it always amazes me whenever God puts something on my heart. It's so much bigger than I realize. Like even the idea of being thankful. You know, when I start to read it for myself, it's like, wow. There's so much more in this book than I realized about one small little subject. And I've been praying the last couple weeks, like, God, I want to fall in love with this book. I know this is an iPad, but I want to fall in love with this book. And it's amazed me how just, just in the last couple weeks, I've looked at verses differently, and I've looked at them and gone, well, I love this. I love reading this. And I know that's happened probably to a lot of us, maybe, maybe not. But it's just been a little bit different for me. I know it seems like every time, you know, you really put your heart to something. I don't know about you guys, but God just seems to show up every single time. And we're going to read a verse. Um, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And I know some of, a lot of us are away at the dance competition. A lot of our leadership team is away, and that's okay. But I feel like as a church, we are actually supposed to memorize this verse. Um, some of you guys might have it memorized. Some of you guys might not. But the first verse is always be joyful. All right? I don't think that that's too hard to memorize. I think that we can um, take a leap of faith and put some effort into memorizing that. But I've never brought that up, but I just felt like that was kind of on my heart that we should um, really work on being able to recall this from memory. Something that is on our heart and on our minds will be able to you know, act out if you're able to recount it easily. So the first verse is always be joyful. The second verse is never stop praying. So there you go. Those are two verses right there that you would have memorized. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So you guys write that down. Put it in your phones. Maybe Wendy will make a cool wallpaper for you guys. I don't know. But let's, 
Let's think about this verse this week and let's try to memorize it. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's this common theme throughout church. It's been a common theme throughout my life where we want to do God's will, right? Have you ever asked yourself, like, I really want to do God's will, and I've come to this new understanding that I think God cares a lot less about your occupation than he does about this verse, You know, I feel like a lot of times we make it like, I want to be living in God's will. We've made our job like everything about us. You know, I always try to tell kids whenever, if you guys don't know, I teach a couple rooms over, I teach acrobatics, but I always try to word my questions carefully. I always ask them, what occupation, what job do you want to have when you get older? I never ask them, who do you want to be? Because I noticed that culture always says, who do you want to be in your job then labels who you are? Like you get your identity by what occupation you have. Jesus made tables. <laughs> you know, that was something that he did, but it wasn't his identity. I'm sure it was something that he enjoyed, but he was able to do a lot more. He found his identity not just off of what he did for a living. And I think in today's culture, it's really common for us to view our identity and what we're doing for God just based off of what occupation we have. And we go, God, I want to live in your will. Well, here's God's will for your life. Are you ready? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's God's will for your life. And I realized that I could just take this one verse for the next two years. (laughs) I could take this one verse and go, God, I always am going to walk in joy because your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. So if I get the joy part right, I'll have one-third of your kingdom down. (laughs) That's one-third of the kingdom of God is walking in joy. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. There is an all there. (laughs) I kind of wish there wasn't. All circumstances. I don't know about you, but I tend to not be thankful in all circumstances. I've gotten pretty good at being thankful when good things happen. I think that is a step that a lot of us have to take. First, we have to get thankful for good things. Because a lot of us, good things come our way and we're not even thankful for that. The next step is being thankful in all circumstances. I don't know about you, but I am not thankful for traffic. I just can't do it. I, I love the country. I love living in the middle of nowhere. It's something that brings my heart delight. I understand that everyone is not like that, and that's perfectly fine. I love that. Um, we'll go to visit Allie's sister for the weekend, and she lives in Jacksonville, and we'll get on these roads, and the traffic stopped. And I look at them, and they're like, oh, this is just how it is at this time. And I'm like, no, like, get out of here. You got to move, you know? Like, I get stuck behind a school bus, and it's like, what's going on? Like, why are there not two lanes? Like, is, can I pass even though the stop sign isn't out? I don't do that. I would never pass a school bus. But anyway, what I'm saying is it's hard sometimes to be thankful when things aren't good. It's hard to sit in traffic and go, wow, God, thank you 
that I have a car that's still running. Thank you, God, that it has gas. Thank you that you've given me a job that I'm able to pay for gas to put into my car. Thank you for this opportunity to sit in the car and talk to you because that's where the never stop praying comes into effect because all of a sudden I'm talking to God. I'm already communicating with him, you know? Because I think a lot of times, especially when you're new believers or maybe, I don't know, I don't know what your background is, but I know sometimes it's possible to view prayer as sitting down and just saying, you know, God, you're holy and you're blessed. I know you're, you're a big, great God and all that stuff, but a, prayer is a lot like conversation. You know, the fact that he said, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. He was giving marriage as an example for him and the church. Not saying you have to get married, but he was saying, hey, this relationship is a lot like the relationship that I have with you guys. The way that you communicate with your wife or husband, the way that you always want to be talking to them. Allie will call me all the time, and she really doesn't have anything to say. She'll just call me, and I'll answer, and I'll go, hey, what's up? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, good talking to you. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I was like, there's nothing I would rather do than just talk to you. You know, but it's that constant communication where there's, even when we were dating, sometimes we sit on the phone for hours. We didn't have much to say, but we were still in communication, and sometimes with God, you might not have a whole lot, of, lot to say, but you're in that constant communication because God is such a good God that he really loves you. He loves you so much that he actually wants to talk to you. Isn't that crazy? Like he's actually desiring to talk to you. And I would say that he's even desiring to talk to you about the little things He's desiring to talk to you about the traffic. He's desiring to talk to you about you walking through the store because I think he desires little communication about the little things, the things that don't matter because he's a big God, but he cares about little things. And to never stop praying, you've got to realize that sometimes it's okay not to have a whole lot to talk about. Because just like Allie and I used to sit on the phone for hours and while we did other stuff, you know, you'd have the Apple headphones with the microphone. That way you could still get stuff done because, you know, got to get stuff done, guys. <laughs> you know, but we would still be on the phone while we were accomplishing things, while we were cleaning. Sometimes even while we were working, we were still on the phone. We were in constant communication because we loved each other. And I don't know about you, but I want to have that same relationship with the Father. I just want to be in constant communication and give thanks in all things. And like I said, sometimes I wish the all wasn't there because I have trouble giving thanks in all situations. And I realized that a lot of times, instead of giving thanks, I actually complain. Has anyone else ever complained? Is that just me? I complain more than I should, you know? And I realized that um, complaining only happens when you are more mindful about your problems than you are about God. If you are more mindful about God than your problems, how many of you guys know it's impossible to complain? Because all of a sudden, I'm giving him thanks in all situations, and I'm not worried about my problems. 
that doesn't mean that you can't talk to God about your problems. There's actually a psalm that David wrote where he says, I pour out my problems to God. But then he ends the psalm by saying, God, you're good to me in every single way. So there's a lot of things in life I don't want you to say, well, I always have to be joyful even though I go through struggles. No, the whole point about joy is the fact that it's not based around your surroundings, you know? Like you don't have to be having the best day of your life every day. You just realize who you are and who you came from, and that's what's able to sustain, sustain. Sorry, guys, that's rough. I've been trying to get some speech classes. Hasn't happened yet, but... We're working on the budget, you know, trying, trying to get me in there. Anyway, if you are more aware of the goodness of God than you are of your problem, it's impossible to complain. In order to complain, you have to violate God's will and plan for your life and go against everything you were created for. Because God's will is what he created you for. It's his plan that he then designed you for. You were designed to give thanks in all circumstances. So then when you complain, you're doing the opposite of what you were created for. You're violating the very thing that you were created to do. We were meant to give thanks in all situations. That doesn't mean you can't tell God what you're going through. It just means like David, you end the psalm by saying, God, you're good to me in every way. This is my problem. This is what's going on. I don't understand how it's going to turn out, but you're good to me in every single way. This is Philippians 4.6. We're getting close to Philippians 4.13 that we all quote and write on our baseball gloves. We'll get there in a minute. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So let's go back to the top. He says, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. So it doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God where you feel like, well, I can't really pray about this because am I going to be complaining or I don't want to tell him about this because, you know, we, some of us grew up with a dad that, that went, hey, you better stop your complaining. I didn't. My dad was great. I'm just saying. You better stop your complaining or else I'll give you something to complain about. And sometimes that steps into our relationship with God and we feel like we can't talk to him about things because he's going to go, hey, if you're going to complain, I'll give you something to complain about. But Paul goes, no, no, that's not what the father is like. Jesus said, if your earthly father can give you good gifts, how much better can your heavenly father pour out good gifts upon you? He loves you and he wants to pour out his goodness on you. So Paul's showing pray about everything. Anytime there's a problem, anytime anything is going on because you're praying without ceasing, it's constant communication. So I'll talk to the Father about what's going on in my life, and then I thank Him always. So God, I don't see how you're going to work this situation out, but I know you're good in the midst. In the midst of my problem, I know that you are still good, and I give Him thanks and it says, then you will experience God's peace. So when does it come? After you talk to God and after you thank him. So first you talk to God about what's going on. Then you thank him for what's going on. And then you will step into God's peace, which exceeds anything 
we can understand. Why does it exceed anything we can understand? Because you're still in the same situation. The situation didn't change. You're in the same situation that was causing you anxiety and depression, but all of a sudden you brought it to God and said, hey, I don't know what to do with this. I can't bear it, but I'm really going to need your help, God. I know you're a good father. Can you help me deal with this? And thank you so much for everything else that you're doing for me. And all of a sudden, you lean not on your own understanding, but on his, because his ways are higher than your ways. And all of a sudden, you walk into God's peace, which surpasses all understanding. It's walking in what God created you to do, being joyful and giving thanks in all situations. Um. And he says, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Why? Because all the problems of life flow from your heart. (laughs) All the problems and difficulties in your life flow from your heart. But he goes, hey, I'm going to give you a peace that's actually going to protect you from all problems. (laughs) I'm actually going to extend a peace that's going to guard your heart and mind. That is a really good father. That is a God that cares about the little things. That's a God that blows my mind every single time I read this book. This is 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. You can leave that one up for a little bit. I pray that you may prosper in all things. I would actually take a step out and say that I believe God wants you to prosper in all things. I believe he wants you to prosper in your health, in your body. I believe he wants you to prosper in your finances. I'm not fond of the gospel that says the image of spirituality is is wealth. But I'm also not fond of the gospel that says the image of spirituality is poverty, (laughs) you know? But he says, I want you to prosper in all areas. I want you to be prospering in all areas just as your soul prospers. How many of you guys know what your soul is? A lot of people stamp it as your mind, will, and emotions. I want your mind to be prospering. I want your emotions to be prospering. You know, it's easy (laughs) for us to look at our lives and go, wow, we're doing pretty good. My friend Albert, he does this thing that was a little weird in the beginning, but whenever we talk, he'd look at me and he goes, hey, how's your soul doing? (laughs) I love when he does stuff like that, it's so deep. And it's like, you know, we get really used to asking, hey, how are you doing? And we expect it to just be surrounded by what's going on in our lives. You know, but a lot of times things out here can be pretty good or pretty bad, but it can be different than what's going on in here. And he goes, hey, how, how is your soul doing? I think God looks at us and asks us that same question a lot of the time. Hey, I know you're really busy. I know things seem to be a struggle out here, but how are you doing in here? How's your mind? How's your emotions? Because my desire is for you to prosper in all situations. 
And I believe that the key to a healthy mental and emotional state is actually to give thanks always. To lean not on your own understanding, but to know that his ways are higher than your ways, that he has plans to prosper and not to harm you, but give you hope in a future. God, I'm not going to lean on what I believe, but I'm going to give you thanks in all situations. For this is the will of those in Christ Jesus. I believe that he wants your soul to prosper. Giving thanks to God is not denial. Giving thanks is letting faith rise above what you can explain or comprehend. Let faith rise above your situation and choose to give him glory in the middle of it. You know, it's not just a feeling. A lot of times we, we want to say, well, I just don't feel very thankful. And, you know, we were seated with God. You know, we are his children. So there's a part of us that has been created on righteousness, which is good. But we don't want to do things half-hearted. There's a part of us that doesn't want to do something if we feel like it's a lie. You know? You know what I'm talking about? And a lot of times we'll stop ourselves and go, well, I don't want to give thanks because I don't feel thankful. But I was reading in Nehemiah, it's actually really interesting. <laughs> when they were building the wall, um, Nehemiah went out and he actually appointed people to give thanks. <laughs> he formed choirs and he goes, hey, you guys are going to be the ones to give thanks. I imagine being in the choir and going, well, actually, Nehemiah, I was just in traffic and I'm having some health problems and I'm having trouble paying my bills. Like, I'm being serious, like about serious stuff and going, I don't feel like giving thanks. And him going, well, it's not about what you feel, Corey. It's about what he's done. Even if you don't feel it right now, you know it. <laughs> right now. Give thanks anyway. Give thanks in all circumstances, not just when you feel it, Corey. Because a lot of times I want to stop giving thanks when I don't feel it. Because I feel like it's a lie or that I'm wronging God in some way. But I would say that it's actually a form of worship that's so good that you can't even give it in heaven. There is a form of worship that you can give on earth where you can worship through your circumstances that you won't be able to do on the other side of eternity. You can go, wow, God, my life is falling apart around me, but you are good even in the midst of it. That is the one form of worship we're not going to be able to do on the other side. And I have a feeling that's probably just a little bit sweeter to the Father. Counting everything as lost. His will is for you to give thanks in all circumstances. <laughs> Psalm 22, 3 says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. God is enthroned on the praises of his people. God is enthroned on the praises of his people. If that is so, let me ask you, who then becomes enthroned upon his people's complaints? If God is enthroned upon the praises of his people, who then do I enthrone when I start to complain? Who then do I lift up? What 
faith do I then put my trust into? What kingdom do I start to look at when I start to complain? When I start to desire, it was funny, even this week, I don't know what it was, but it was just like a lot of things that were coming to my mind that I wanted. And I'm not against like earthly possessions. I think if you have money, you should give money, but you should also spend money. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there are a lot of things that were coming to my mind that I really wanted. And I took a step back and I go, wow, God, I'm not being content. Because Paul showed me that I'm supposed to be content in all situations. And I took a step back and I go, man, I need to get really thankful right now. I need to get really thankful because all of a sudden my eyes have switched from the wrong goal. Does that make sense? Let's go back into the Philippians verse. We read 6 through 7, and we're going to jump in at verse 11, okay? It says, not that I was ever in need, this is Paul writing, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I used to have that written on my helmet and my glove and my baseball hat and literally everything. And Paul's, Paul's going, Christ has strengthened me to the point where I can live whether I am really hungry or really full. I've never had to be really hungry, guys. I've had trouble being content when I just don't have the newest thing. I've had trouble being content when I look at somebody else and they have what I don't have. I'm like, Paul's being content when his stomach is aching for food. And he goes, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know about you, but I want that type of strength. I want to be able to be content in all things whether I have a whole lot or a whole little. I'd rather have a whole lot, but you know what? I'll be content with a whole little. But I want to prosper in all things, knowing that my prosperity is not just for me, but for the people around me. Because the idea of greed is believing that everything that comes your way is for you. Believing that, well, my prosperity is not just for me, but it's for everybody around me. My money that I make is not just for me, but for everybody around me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, I'll tell you guys a little story and we can close. But um, just remember these verses, guys. They have been on my heart. I know maybe some of you guys have heard this for the first time, or maybe some of you guys have read these verses a million times, but... There's just something so special about having a thankful heart. I wish that was something that we could just pray and, you know, impart on everybody, like walk out with a thankful heart. But a thankful heart actually comes from choices. <laughs> it's choosing, well, my life doesn't seem to be going real well, but I'm going to choose to be thankful in the midst of it. 
And there's this little girl, um, like I said, I teach acrobatics just a couple rooms over. And there's this little girl, she was real upset because she didn't get to go first in line. And she was crying and horribly upset. And she went and sat in the corner. And my mom, if you guys don't know, she teaches the kids over there, but she helps sometimes in the classes. She's so sweet. <laughs> I just said that about you, Mom, if you're listening. I just said that you were really sweet. I believe it. Um, but the girl was crying off to the side. And my mom looked at her and she goes, hey, do you need a hug? Do you need some loving? Because I would love to give you a hug. And she said, no. She was all upset. And she finally walked over and she was pouting. And, um, and my mom was like, go over, go over with Corey and she'll show you, he'll teach you some new tricks and stuff. And she goes, no, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. And I realized that the enemy starts speaking thoughts to us like that at a very young age. And my mom goes, do you know what Jesus does when you do something wrong? And the little girl goes, he forgives us. And she goes, yeah, and guess what? Corey and I do the same thing every time. He said, she said, we forgive you. And she walked over to me and the little girl was still real upset and her whole face was mad and upset. And it was weird. She was, she was upset from not being first in line, but now she's like disappointed in herself and still upset. Have you ever been there? You've done something wrong and you're like upset from the situation, but now you're disappointed at yourself. You feel shame and guilt and you're still upset. And I was trying to talk to her and she just, she wasn't paying attention. She was just mad. And I looked at her and I said, hey, can you tell me something you're thankful for? And she blew me off and she kept um, kind of doing a couple of cartwheels and stuff and wasn't paying attention. And a couple minutes later, I thought she completely forgot my question that I asked her. And she looked at me and it was like a switch flipped. Her face completely changed. And she goes, I'm thankful for my family. And I felt, I felt like I heard God go, hey, that's my kingdom. That's my kingdom. Because God's not giving us stuff and going, hey, you better be thankful for that. You better be thankful for what I gave you. know, he's such a good father that he goes, hey, I know this is what's best for you. I don't need your thanks. I don't need your praise. I just know what's best for you because I really, really love you. And this little girl's face completely changed. It was like a smile was on her face all of a sudden. And I said, that's awesome. What else are you thankful for? She goes, I'm thankful for my dog. <laughs> and she keeps going. She goes, I'm thankful for my friends. And it's like the atmosphere just completely changed. And I thought, God, what happens if I could change my atmosphere like that every single time just by being thankful? In those times when I feel guilty or I feel upset or I just feel weird, what happens if I could get down and go, God, I don't feel like it, but I'm really thankful for, for my home. I'm really thankful for my wife. Thank you that I have someone that I can talk to. Thank you for family. And just start to count every little thing. And all of a sudden, my eyes go from my problem to my God. 
because I believe it's almost impossible to complain when you're focused on God and not your problems. What if we could live a life not just on Sunday, but from Monday to Sunday filled with thankfulness? What happens if we could live a life Monday through Sunday where we never stop praying? Where we talk to a God that really, really loved us, that really wanted our soul to prosper, our health to prosper, our whole lives to prosper? What happens if we constantly had communication with a God like that? Let's stand for a minute. I want us to, um, to sing this song. Guys, please don't misunderstand me. I know life is hard sometimes. I'm not saying don't, don't pour out your complaint. You need to be able to talk to God. But the way it works is you give it all to God and go, I don't know how you're going to work it out, but you are good to me. That's how David ended the psalm. I'm going to pour it out to you. He said, there's enemies all around me. I don't know how you're going to work it out, but I know you're good to me. What if we could live our lives like that? Giving thanks in all situations.